0: So today we are going to we're going to take a look at one of the most widely discussed and debated passages of Scripture in the entire Bible. Today we're going to look at one of the most wildly interpreted passages in the entire Bible. If you take a hundred scholars, theologians, Bible commentators, And you ask them what this passage means, you'll get 200 different answers, which has always been intriguing to me because the passage isn't particularly spectacular. Now, the entire Bible is spectacular because it's God's words to us. But I'm just saying in comparison, this particular passage, I don't know. I don't know why all the fuss, but it has certainly garnered all sorts of fuss. Tens of thousands of sermons been preached on this one passage alone books written on this passage, Um, theological commentary going for miles and miles on this one little passage in the New Testament. And what makes it so enjoyable is that it's an encounter. And we've been talking about encounters. We've been talking about encounters between Jesus and people. Whether those are conversations or relationships. And we've been asking ourselves, what can we learn about a relationship with Jesus through these encounters that we're looking at in the Gospels? And so, so far in the series, we've looked at the encounter between Jesus and the woman at the well. We've talked about Nicodemus. We visited with Matthew. Last week, we um, got to meet uh, Zacchaeus. Today, we're going to meet a woman named Martha. Now, here's what I want to do. I want to read the passage to you, just so that we're all familiar with the incident. And then I want to provide a little cultural context, a little orientation, so that we interpret the passage fairly. And then we're going to try to pull the passage apart and see if we can make sense of what it might have to teach us. And we're just going to look at one lesson, just one lesson of many that we could learn from it. Now, let me just, let's just say a lot of commentary on this passage, a lot of different perspectives and opinions, a lot of different interpretations. I'm just going to give you mine. Okay. I'm going to share with you the results of my study of the passage, and I'm going to share a takeaway that we could learn from it. And you might not agree, and that's Okay. So I would just encourage you to study it for yourself. I'd encourage you to sit with it for a while and ask the Holy Spirit to guide you through an understanding of what the passage means and how you might apply it to your life. Today, I'm just going to give you my perspective. Make sense? Okay, so let's look at the passage. It's found in Luke chapter 10. We read this. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, they're traveling. Jesus was an itinerant rabbi moving from place to place. He came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. And she had a sister, her name was Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Pretty typical or common in that day for sit at the feet of a rabbi and and allow him to teach. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She's hosting Jesus, possibly the 12 disciples, and maybe a number of other guests in their home that have come to hear Jesus teach. So she was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. And she came to Jesus, she asked, Lord, don't you care, not care (laughs) it, care, that my sister, my sister's left me to do the work all by myself. Tell her to come help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You're worried and upset about many things. But few things are needed. Or indeed, really only one. Mary has chosen what is better. And will not be taken away from her. You got it? I mean, it's pretty simple. Jesus has come to this house, evidently owned by a woman named Martha, probably with his disciples, probably another number of other guests have been invited. Mary, Martha's sister, is sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to him teach. Martha seems to be busy with all the meals and the preparation of hosting her guest. And she feels a little put upon. She feels a little, little... um, overwhelmed. And she asked Jesus, would you tell my sister to get in here and help me? And Jesus has a very personal conversation with Martha about this. Now, every time I've ever heard this passage explained, and I've heard it a lot, what I've seen as a pattern is that every person who ever teaches this passage, they make out one person to be the good guy and one person to be the bad guy. That one person is doing right, that's Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus, and one person's doing wrong, that's Martha. She's busy with all the things, preparing the meal for her guest. And I don't think that that's what's happening here at all. And I'm gonna try my best to explain it. Now, I wanna take some time to unpack a couple of cultural or contextual sort of considerations so that we're objective with the passage, you ready? First one is this, friends and family. So there's three different passages in the Gospels where we meet Mary and Martha. Uh, here in Luke chapter 10, John chapter 11, and John chapter 12. In John chapters 11 and 12, we also learn that Mary and Martha have a brother. His name is Lazarus. You may remember Lazarus. Jesus raised him from the dead after he had um, Passed away from being sick. Jesus raises Lazarus, their brother, from the dead. Um, So we have these three passages. And the passages, if we put them all together, it suggests that Mary, Martha, Lazarus, and Jesus were very close friends. They were sort of like a family to Jesus. Now, we have no record that Jesus ever owned a home, that he ever rented a place. He was an itinerant rabbi. He moved from place to place. He'd come to a city. He'd start teaching. He might perform some miracles. He'd visit the synagogues. And what's a practice in those days is that somebody would invite him to come and stay with, him, stay with them for a few days. It was an honor to have a rabbi in your home. When Jesus wasn't being hosted by somebody, then we have clues from the Gospels that he slept outdoors. He made his bed among the creatures at night. But what we do learn about Mary, Martha, Lazarus, and Jesus is that they were very, very close friends. It seems like Martha's house, or probably Mary and Martha's house, it was sort of like a home base that Jesus came back to fairly often. So it's interesting, in John chapter 11, John makes this note, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister Mary and Lazarus. Now, you say, but Jesus loved everybody. Yeah yeah. But the reason that John probably makes note of this is that this was a special bond. This was a special friendship. This was a sort of like a family to Jesus. These these four people were very, very close together. Make sense? Alright, I want to just get that out because that's going to influence how we interpret Jesus' reaction to Martha. She's a close friend of his. Make sense? All right, second this is a moment in time. This is just a little sliver, a little slice out of Martha's life. What, maybe five or six hours that this particular incident in Luke chapter 10 happened. It's just, it's just a fraction of her life. So let's not try to like typecast her. Let's not try to label her. Let's not try to fit her in some sort of a stereotype. Like she's the one who always makes the poor choices and then her, her little angel sister makes the great choice. No, 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 no. This is, this is just a little slice of time in, Mar- in Martha's life. I, I mean, come on. Maybe she was just having a bad day. Ever had a bad day? Maybe she wasn't feeling well that day, and she was a little bit distracted. And here she was, maybe not feeling well, but she's feeling compelled to try to provide hospitality for all these people who've come to her house. But I just want to begin with treating Martha fairly and objectively. She's not doing anything wrong. In fact, maybe just the opposite. What, What is Martha doing? She's serving Serving just like her rabbi taught her to. What is one of the major tenets of the teachings of Jesus? Probably at the top of the list is what? To love your neighbor. That was probably his most famous teaching. What, what was the second, probably a close verse, is that the greatest in the kingdom of heaven should be a servant to all. So Martha's doing what a rabbi has taught her to do. She's serving. In fact, if you look at Jesus' teaching on serving, it goes like this, that the way that we love God is that we love people, and the way that we love people is by serving them. So Martha's doing a good thing, and I don't think the point of the passage is to make her out to doing a bad thing while her sister Mary is doing the better thing. Does that make sense? Now, it's interesting... If you study the lives of these two women, and we just have a little bit of information. So I, I don't want to start psycho, some kind of psychological analysis on them. It's like, I don't think you can create a disc profile from this. Okay, We just have a little bit of information about the two women. But there's some clues about the two women. If you look at the Luke 10, the John 11, the John 12 passage, what we see is that, that they are different. They are, they are different from each other. We see that Martha, she's, she's a very active kind of person. She's an activator. She's one who's like a worker bee to get things done. She's industrious. And we find that Martha, in these three accounts, she's probably the most assertive. She'll say what she thinks. She'll tell you what is on her mind. She, this is, this is, would be an accurate portrayal of Martha. Mary, Mary is more responsive. She sort of holds back. She kind of waits to see what's happening. And then when she finds herself kind of wrapped up in the situation emotionally, she gets passionate about how she responds. She's much more intimate. She's more interested in people maybe than tasks. We see that in the three passages. And she's maybe a bit more quiet or, or reserved. But you know what? Neither one of those is good or bad. They're just different. In fact, these two women are exact listening these two women are exactly how God created them to be. He wired Martha a certain way because he had a way that he wanted to use Martha in her life. And he wired Mary a certain way. And we would do well as the church to recognize that it takes all kinds. People are different. And the church and the world thrives on some Marthas and some Marys. So again, I just want to be objective in how We go about considering this passage. Neither of them are right or wrong. They're just different, just like God created us to be. Now, we see this phrase in the passage that Mary was sitting at the Lord's feet. Now, the account suggests that Mary and Martha are disciples of Jesus. They are both disciples of Jesus. Maybe not in the official sense as we think about Jesus and his 12 disciples, because in that culture, at that period of time, a woman would not have been permitted to become a disciple of a rabbi. But Jesus is showing in this passage that women in the kingdom of God are welcome to be his followers, to be learners, to be um, servants like Christ. They are every bit disciples as anybody else. And so it's interesting that Jesus is teaching, and we find Mary, Mary the sister, in the posture of learning from him, sitting at his feet. It's a position of uh, receptivity. It's a position of humility. It's a position of um, curiosity. It would have been the popular position that any disciple would have taken in the presence of the rabbi. She's simply sitting there, learning. But here's, here's an interesting thing. There's a word in the Greek language of this passage that doesn't get translated. Of all the different translations, this one word seems to be left out all the time. And I think that's rather interesting. It's interesting. If you read the passage literally, it says this. She had a sister called Mary who, and here's the word that's left out. It means and and also Mary, who also sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. So there's two possible indications from the proper interpretation of the passage. And the first one is this, that Mary, who was sitting and listening to Jesus teach, had also been helping with preparing the meal. You see that? So she had been helping. Maybe she just overheard Jesus in the living room and she heard something that piqued her curiosity and she sort of wiped her hands on her apron and walked in there, kind of stuck her head in the door to hear more. And maybe she got so intrigued, she sat down on the ottoman and and she thought she'd only be there maybe two minutes and she ends up being there 20 minutes. But the passage could suggest that she's been helping with the meal. She's just now in this moment sitting, listening to Jesus. The second possible indication of this interpretation is that Martha, who was preparing the meal, had also been sitting and listening to Jesus teach. It's just that right now she's preoccupied with the meal. So if we render the passage correctly, there's indication that both Mary and Martha were working on the meal and Mary and Martha were sitting at the feet of Jesus teaching. Does that make sense? Now, this phrase "at the feet of" is very, very important. It's a cultural idiom. It means to be um, a student. It means to be educated by the one whose feet you sit at. In fact, the apostle Paul uses the passage in the book of Acts. Uh, uses the word. He says, "I am a man. W- I am a man which am a Jew, born in Tarsus, the city in Cilicia, yet brought up in the city at, at this in this city at the feet of Gamaliel." Gamaliel was a popular rabbi. The Apostle Paul is indicating that he was a student of this particular rabbi sitting at his feet. So Mary and Martha are both disciples of Jesus. And as I just mentioned, Jesus had some teachings that were predominant. And he talks about the greatest in the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven being a servant So Martha's just doing what her rabbi had taught her to do. So I wanna ask you a couple questions. Um, You don't have to answer out loud. The first one is this. Does a disciple learn from Jesus? Yes. That's the very nature of what it means to be a disciple. What is a disciple? What was a disciple in the first century? A disciple was simply an apprentice. It was a young man who was learning a way of life from a rabbi so that he could become a rabbi. It was was a, a learning relationship. So yes, a disciple learns from Jesus, but does a disciple serve others? If he's learning anything, he does, because Jesus made it perfectly clear that to be one of his disciples, we would become a servant of others. Now... Again, because Martha is often portrayed as the one making the wrong choice and Mary the one making the right choice, here's what I want you to understand. Both Martha and Mary were learning from Jesus that day. Mary was learning while sitting at his feet in the living room, Martha was learning while standing in front of him in the kitchen. You see, Mary was learning in a group format. Martha was learning in private instruction. Does that make sense? They're both doing the exact same thing. They're learning from their rabbi, Jesus. So then Jesus says to Martha in the encounter, Martha, Martha. Now, I think there's significance that he repeats her name two times. I think if Jesus had been annoyed, if he'd been kind of perturbed with her, if he was confronting her, rebuking her in kind of a stern sense, he would have said, Martha, cut it out. He would have just used her name once. But I I think there's a tenderness in repeating the name. It's almost like you can see Martha there. She's got, you know, flour all over her face and her hair's all disheveled and she's doing this thing where you know you wipe stuff off with the back of your hand because you're handling food, you don't want to use your fingers and and she's wiping her fingers in her, in her hands in her in her apron. And I'm just I'm just imagining here. And you can almost see her she's all worked up and she says, Jesus you don't care and would you tell my sister to get in here and help me? And it's almost like Jesus takes his friend by the shoulders. And he says, Martha, Martha, come on. I think it was a very, very tender moment. He's, he's not reprimanding her. Jesus is not reprimanding Martha. He's discipling her. He's helping her understand a different perspective. I think, I think Jesus is concerned about Martha here He's concerned about what what she's allowed to happen in her heart and in her mind about the situation. I I believe he's inviting her to something better, a, a better way to live, a better way to manage the moments of her life. Notice that Jesus admonishes Martha for being distracted and worried, not for serving him and her guests. That's the issue that he's concerned about is what's going on in her heart the word distracted in this passage means to be drawn away to be like pulled in different directions so martha it's like she wanted to be sitting at the feet of jesus but she was so worked up about this meal that she she just didn't know where exactly to be and jesus saw that as a matter of concern You see, disciples are not called to either learn or serve, they're called to both learn and serve. But it's clear from the passage that Jesus affirms what her sister Mary is doing, and he has something that he wants to offer to Martha, something by way of instruction. And he says this, Mary chose what is better. So we have to try to figure out what was better in this situation about what Martha was do- what Mary was doing versus Martha. And, and this is just a take, you ready? I think Martha was occupied for Jesus, whereas Mary was occupied with Jesus. And there's a dramatic difference between the two that I think we really need to understand. So Jesus says some very interesting things in this response to Martha. He says, only one thing is necessary. I've read a hundred commentators on what that meant. Only one thing is necessary. And what is this? This is actually a word play in the passage. Jesus may have literally been interpreted saying, Martha, Martha there was only a couple things that were really necessary. You, you didn't have to make this great big meal. We could have just had some snacks. I'm only here for a couple of hours. You, you're you missing the moment that you could have with me because you've, you've turned a couple of snacks into like a Thanksgiving feast. You're making all these different dishes, all these different elements. And Martha, it, we would have been fine. You, you could have just done soup and sandwiches. But in a spiritual sense, Jesus is saying there's there's really only one thing that's really necessary here, Martha, and that is that you don't miss the opportunity to spend some time with me while I'm here. I came here to be with you and your sister and your brother and you're so distracted by what's going on over here that you're missing this opportunity Can I make a little side note? Can I? I see this happen. I see this happen a lot in life groups. Small groups. The host gets so concerned about making sure the house is perfect. And making sure there's a wonderful spread of food for everybody who's coming over for small group. And you know what? That that works for maybe the first couple of weeks. But over the the passing of time, it gets to be a burden. And sometimes we get so distracted by making sure there's plenty of food to eat for our group that we miss spending time with our group. So maybe, maybe we just need the permission to say, just just something light, or maybe share the load, move from house to house from time to time, and everybody brings something to share. I just, that's probably not in the passage, but I, I thought, that might be helpful. And then Jesus says this. "Hey, you ready? He says, it will not be taken away from her. It will not be taken away from her. And I racked my brain trying to study a conclusion about what in the world is he talking about? And I think there's three possibilities. And I have one of my favorites. But I'm going to let you see the three possibilities. He's saying to Martha, what your sister has chosen will not be taken away from her. So it could mean this, that Mary has chosen the priority of relationship over task. She will always have the memory of this moment with me. I'm here for a few hours. Mary's spending some time with me rather than being distracted by the preparation of this meal. And she'll always have the memory of these moments that we had together, whereas you will not have the same. It's, it's like the parents. Some of them watch their little leaguer play baseball, and some of them spend all their time on their camera, making sure that it's right focus and right filter and proper. And, and you're, you're not there for the moment. Jesus say, saying, I, I think what won't be taken away from Mary is that she was here with me in this relationship. The second possibility is Mary is doing something of eternal value. The spiritual growth from her choice will last an eternity. But there's a third possibility. And me being a bit of a pragmatist, I, I, I think this is probably the best rendering of it: is Jesus is saying, Mary is not doing anything wrong, so no, I'm not going to pull her away from it. I'm not going to lead you to believe that your sister is doing something wrong. I I think there's a moment here for you to learn something. You're so worried and you're so distracted. Let's, Let's talk about that. Because I think in the passage, the tension is between learning and serving. And we want to separate the two. And what I think Jesus is doing here is that he's bringing the two together, both learning and serving are important expressions of what it means to be devoted to Jesus as one of his disciples. Does that make sense? Here's what happens. When we separate serving and spending time to nurture our soul and learning from Jesus, we can get so caught up in the serving and all the, busyness of the plans and the strategies and the metrics of how we're going to measure success and if we're doing it right. And what happens is if we're not spending time with Jesus, that over time we start serving out of an empty soul. We're, 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 trying to, we're trying to help people but we're drawing from an empty well. We, we get so busy serving people that we forget The people, sometimes we get so busy serving people that we forget Jesus. And I think what Jesus is trying to help Martha to understand is that the serving comes out of the being with me. Spending the time to nurture your soul in a relationship with me, learning from me, learning of my love, learning of my compassion, learning of my grace so that you can then out of an overflowing heart of time with me, you can then share that love, that compassion, that grace with others by serving them out of a full and abundant life rather than one that's become starved. Because when we're serving out of an empty heart, guess what happens? We start feeling like Jesus doesn't care. We start feeling resentful that more people aren't helping. We, we start feeling overwhelmed or like we're the only ones doing this. And what that is typically an indication that something's not right with our soul. You know, I've often explained that emotions are like the lights on the dashboard of your car. You know, those little yellow lights and red lights that come on when something's not working right? Just shake your head like, yes, I, I understand. Okay. Um, the problem is not the light on the dashboard. The problem is something deeper there's something in the systems of the engine or the way that the car works maybe you're low on fuel or you don't have enough oil or or something else is wrong with the engine or the electrical system of the car and the problem and so when we start feeling certain emotions like feeling overwhelmed and feeling discouraged and feeling angry and feeling resentful the indicator lights on our dashboard are going off to say wait a second something's not right here and oftentimes in the act of serving, what's not right is that we're not connected to where the serving comes from. And we're giving out of an empty well. And we, we should be as concerned about that as it seems that Jesus is in his conversation with Martha. We can lose focus about a balance between these two things. A risk of deep devotion to serving Jesus is neglecting the time for being with Jesus. A good and healthy disciple of Jesus combines the two and understands the place of both. Better is often about wiser. I think what Jesus is saying to Martha is, Martha, there's a wiser way to handle this situation than the way you're choosing right now. So we're gonna hurry. Look at this key passage, key passage. Notice two things. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He's he's providing a picture. He's saying, I, I'm the source. You're the extension, you're the branches. If you remain or abide in me and I remain and abide in you, you will bear much fruit. So we got two things going on here. we got abiding and we got bearing fruit. For apart from me, Jesus, you can do nothing. Nothing of spiritual or eternal significance. Nothing that truly matters in all of life. You can do nothing if you spend your life apart from me. If you do not abide or remain in me... You're like a branch that ends up getting separated from a vine, thrown away, and it withers. It just, it's over here, serving, but it's not spending any time with me and and renewing your soul. And so you're just withering in all of your serving. Such branches, they're just picked up, they're useless. They're thrown in the fire and burned. If you abide or remain in me and my words remain in you, says Mary... My words remain in you. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my father's glory that you do what? You bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. This passage makes it very clear that disciples are called to both abide in Jesus and to bear fruit on his behalf. They can't be separated. Oh, we can try to separate them. But what ends up happening is we, we serve out of an empty soul. And the way that our soul is renewed and refreshed is that we spend time learning from Jesus. It, it takes both. We are called to both abide and to bear fruit because that combination is when we are most effective. Does that make sense? So, we must absorb God's love by abiding with Jesus if we hope to share God's love with those that we seek to serve for Jesus. What I've noticed about churches, not just this church, every church I've served in, every church I've ever heard about, people tend to find the place that is their preference. There's some people, they, they, they really just, I just want to learn. I just want to receive. I just want to go to all the things that where I can be taught. That's where I'm most comfortable. And then there's people like Martha. They're industrious and activists, and they, they like to get involved. and They like to make things happen. And so they're over here serving, serving, serving. And it's, it's like there's two camps in churches. There's there's the one who comes to learn and there's ones who love to serve. I think Jesus might want to take us by the shoulders as our rabbi and say, Sibolo, Sibolo. I've called you to both. There's a time and a place to learn. But what are you learning if you never then put it into practice and serve? Can I be really honest with you for a moment? We have people in our church, in our children's ministry, student ministry, our guest services ministry. There are some people who they spend all their time serving, they don't even get a chance to come in here and learn. And then there's some people, they come in here all the time and have for years and have never taken up the responsibility of being a disciple of Jesus who's followed them into serving. The more people that make themselves available to serve, the more we have the opportunity for some of these people who never get to come in and be a part of the worship in this room, they, 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 would, have, they would have some relief does that make sense? So, if you're one or the other, I I like I, I, I think Jesus would say, "Come on. Let's let's combine the two. If you're learning from me, you will then be serving others on my behalf." And if you're busy serving, but you're not taking the time to cultivate and nurture your relationship with Jesus to where his love flows from you to others, then maybe maybe there's time for you to be focused on your relationship with Jesus. And I leave you with these words. Jesus said, come, come all of you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Rest. Take my yoke. This is a discipleship term. Take the teachings of mine. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. For I'm gentle and I'm humble and hard. And you will find rest for your soul. For, For my teaching, my way, it's actually easy. The burden that I'm asking you to carry is actually light. If you do it right. So today... My challenge is this. If you're going to be in a relationship with Jesus, you should probably expect that from time to time, he's going to call you to better. He's going to remind you that it's about both loving him and serving him. And today I ask you to be honest with yourself. Am I the kind of disciple that Jesus would be pleased with? Is there a balance in my life of learning and serving? If not, there's some things to consider. Make sense? Let me ask you to stand together. Let's pray. If I haven't had the opportunity to meet you, I would love to make your acquaintance. I'll be here at the front of the auditorium following the service. Just come on up and introduce yourself. Our Father in heaven, thank you for this encounter. Between your son Jesus and Martha, I pray, Father, that you would teach us what it means, that your spirit would guide us into an understanding of this passage in a way that we would see that, that Jesus is calling us as his disciples to spend time with him, nurturing and cultivating our soul, learning from him, and then taking what we learn applying it to our lives by becoming a servant to all, just like he asked. Father, do this work in our heart, I pray and ask in the name of Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you next Sunday.